This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. And today, I'm very excited because we have Julius Robinson, the Chief Sales and Marketing Officer in the U.S. and Canada for Marriott International. We are going to learn from somebody that truly understands hospitality. Before we get into this, a couple of quick announcements. And if you've heard the show, you know what they are. If you've got an amazing story that you want to share or a question that you'd like to ask, please reach me on any of the social media channels because I am just about everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and more. If you do ask a question, use the hashtag AskShep and I will answer your questions either right there in the channel or perhaps in, on my newsletter or perhaps on this show. Maybe even my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home, that can be found on Amazon Prime, Roku, and you can find episodes on BeAmazing.tv. That's BeAmazing.tv. All right, let's jump into this interview today. Well, welcome, Julius Robinson. Thank you, Chef. Glad to be here. Well, I'm excited. I'm a huge fan of the brand. I've been traveling uh, for most of my career, which uh, back in the early 1980s, I started my business. And I, I guess I'm a very loyal Marriott customer. And, and I know you've merged some other brands in. Very excited because the Starwood program became part of your program. And yes. uh, then uh, the Ritz-Carlton and there's several other great brands. So very excited to talk to you about what I consider to be a very important concept. I call it the hospitality mentality. And if anybody knows about this, it would be somebody just like you from Marriott. So let's talk a little bit about what you do at Marriott. Uh, I know I've introduced you as the chief sales and marketing officer, but what's your responsibility and, and how did you get there? Did you start with Marriott like 30 years ago and work your way in or what's your background? Funny you should say that, Shep. You know, I actually started with the company 30 years ago in college. Well, how do you uh, like I that? Was, oh, yeah. So I was right. Perfect. <laughs> Called research. And I, I started with the company um, taking reservation calls over the phone, uh, just helping customers find their vacations and their room nights in some of our upcoming uh, hotels. And so that's how I began. But today, as chief sales and marketing officer, I spend a lot of time with customers. My goal is to help our customers find the opportunities that they're looking for. Uh, it's also to make sure that we as a company are uh, doing the right things that they're asking for. And ultimately, of course, that's going to help us build more preference, drive more revenue, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a, it's a great model when it works. Now, when you refer to your customers, are you referring to groups, meeting planners, corporate, or are you referring to a guy like me that calls up and says, hey, I want to stay in New York this weekend, which hotel would you recommend? It's going to be all of it. So, you know, when you think about the diversity of our company and the 30 brands that we have, what we're so proud about is that Marriott's got something for everyone. 
And so whether we're talking about luxury, whether we're talking about, uh, you know, the weekend stay you need for a soccer tournament, we've got all of it. And the focus for us is across those segments. And so, you know, leisure travel is really important to us. It sort of drove the economic recovery, but group has come back pretty, pretty significantly. We're excited about that. And then slowly but surely, even our business traveler, the independent traveler is coming back. And so all that together makes up uh, the mighty forces of Marriott customer base. Wow. So let's go back to the early years, if that's okay. Um, you worked in the support center, the call center, the reservation center, if you will. Uh, that had to be an interesting uh, place to be 30 years ago today with all the technology. And I don't know how much involvement you have working or, or being involved with reservations. Do you get involved with that much at all today? So today we still have live reservations agents. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a, a lot of what we do goes through other technologies, including our mobile app, our Bonvoy app. But, uh, but there is an aspect of uh, customer service that still falls under my purview. So that's, uh, that's a pretty special piece for me. Great. Do you feel that uh, working in that contact or reservation center years ago was like foundational to where you are now? Was it important? Oh, I think it's been critical. You know why? Because to your point, uh, the fundamentals of customer service happen in those individual phone calls with customers. And whether it was, you know, the family trying to find a new location for a, for a vacation or whether it was a corporate traveler who needs to get in next Tuesday night and we were busy, um, you sort of learn how to deal with all the different uh, inquiries and try to meet the customer where they are. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. So I can only imagine how different the um, technology was. It was primarily phone 30 years ago. There was no Internet back then. It was off the phone. There were no mobile apps. <laughs> I know. And today, so that's an interesting question. I know we're way off script here and that's okay if it's okay with you, but uh, let's talk about how the different channels of communication have really changed the way our guests communicate with the brand, uh, the way customers in general communicate with any company. Um, what I, I think you're pretty cutting edge. Your Bonvoy app is a really great app. I mean, I'm on there all the time, uh, not only to find where I want to stay, but to check in, to, to make reservations, to check in. Uh, I can even get my key on my that's right. you know, phone now. That's, that's pretty cool. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We're, uh, we, we expect to expand that technology. I mean, so many customers are using their mobile app to do so many things. And I think to your question, you know, it, uh, we love the direct interaction we had the, in those years over the telephone. But today, the amount of um, changes that happen, just people's lives are so different. So the opportunity for them to sort of take control of their own travel experience is great. And if done right, you know, technology can, can provide a similar experience um, in providing the customer what they're looking for. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, let's go back to where the uh, guest was at one point, uh, the only way they could make a reservation was to call. And then one day you could go online and make the reservation and trying to migrate people to online was difficult. They didn't right. want to do it. They were resistant. Well, today, trying to get tell somebody, no, don't use the reservation system online. Calling's easier. They're going to go, no way. It's right. <laughs> uh, the technology has changed so much. Let's. I want to get to a general question. Uh, what do you think makes, in general, for a great customer experience? Oh, I, I think that's a fundamental question for anybody that's uh, you know out there trying to make things right in the environment. And I would say 
you know, to uh, do a couple things, you know, you need to ask the right questions of the customers so that you understand what they're looking for. And then Shep, I think you just need to deliver on those expectations, but you also need to empower your people to go above and beyond. And, it, and, and that makes the relationship more genuine with the customer. And to me, that's how you get to a great customer experience. Okay, great. So I'm going to ask you, what are the questions that you need to ask to know? Because that's what you say. You've got to know the questions to ask. Absolutely. Well, in, in our business, I mean, clearly you want to understand uh, what's the end goal for this particular booking? Is it a vacation with a family that hasn't traveled since before the pandemic, as an example? Because if that's the case, you want to make sure that the fundamentals are sound, but you also want to make sure that you give them confidence in their travel experience, right? Uh, similarly, if it's a group of, of folks that haven't gotten together in the office because the office has been closed and they wanna find opportunities to meet and talk about company strategy, well, how do we make sure the room that they're gonna be in actually enables that kind of interactive, exciting conversation that warrants this? So I think asking the right questions based on the customer's trip purpose is incredibly important. Right, so the lesson is, uh, for anybody, depending on what your business is, there's a series of questions to ask to make sure you understand your customers, what they want and they expect and they need. They don't always verbalize it. So you always should take the time to find out exactly what it is. I think the worst, I call them moments of misery, the worst moment of misery you can have with a customer, guest, client, whatever you want to call them is a misunderstanding. Because we can fix if there's a uh, a dirty towel in a room, or if somebody drives away in their automobile and it, you know you hear a clunk that should have been fixed, we can go back and get those fixed quickly or pick up the phone, call downstairs, send up clean towels. But man, if, if we misunderstand our customers, I think that may be the worst, worst kind of uh, problem we have. They, they just say, we, oh, don't, I, we don't know them. We, they don't get me. They don't understand me. That's right. I couldn't agree more. You know, we um, we track a lot of things, as you can imagine. One of the things we track are problems experienced, and then we track problem resolution. And what's amazing is some of our highest guest scores are from guests who actually did have problems, but the way we overcame those was so good, it created a moment for us to actually go on above their expectation. Those guests give us even higher scores than right. guests who haven't haven't experienced the problem. It's pretty fantastic. Right. Well, I've preached that the guest that has the problem resolved properly often has a higher level of confidence than if the problem had never happened. Now, do not think for a minute that you should purposely go out and create problems just to prove this theory. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, I actually, uh, years ago, wrote up a case study on a company that did exactly that. Uh, you, I don't know if you remember many, many years ago when cell phones were, were not cell phones, they were mobile phones, you know, large boxes bolted to the floor of a car. <laughs> with sure, that's right. Up. I had one of those. <laughs> right. And whenever you had those installed, what's the first thing you would do when you left, you know, the installation area or, you know, the, the, the store, you would pick up the sure. phone to call somebody. You were so excited. That's right. And so they experimented by seeing what would happen if it didn't work. And then they come back in and they could fix it and, you know, just blow the customer away with great service and all that. But it was ingenuous. And I think as a result of that, the experiment didn't work. For them. <laughs> but I thought, That's right. But well, it's true. Chef, that's, why, that's why I think the, um, the enablement piece is so important, right? Because um, you've got to enable your teams to be able to overcome those in a very authentic way. And so if you, 
if it's not too scripted, you give them broad guidelines on how to solve some of these problems. It's amazing the great things that they will do. And then that will make the customer come back and see you again. So what does Marriott do to train their people to be empowered and have the confidence to do that? Sure. Well, you know, it all started um, 95 years ago with our company's founder, J.W. Marriott Sr., who believed deeply that if you take care of the associates, the associates would take care of the customer, the customer would come back. And so we sort of adopted this take care culture in our company. And the fundamentals of our take care culture with our associates are very similar to the training we do and how we think our associates should take care of our customers. And so it's about listening. It's about having empathy. It's about responding uh, for, with clarification, right? And then delivering on the customer uh, expectation. And so we try to do that every opportunity we get. And I think in our environment, because we're a people business, you get to see your peers deliver on that. And all day long, you get you get to test that theory with customers. And so that's what I think makes the, the secret sauce at Marriott so great. So here's the big lesson. What's happening on the inside of an organization is going to be felt on the outside. I have this idea. I call it the employee golden rule, which is to treat, you know, the old golden rule, do unto others as you would want done unto yourself. The employee golden rule is to do unto employees as you want done unto the customer, the guest, whatever. And if you treat them right internally, you role model how they're supposed to be treating the customer. So great, great insight. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to you more about how Marriott's customer obsessed. I want to get your take on what's happened over the last couple of years during this pandemic as we're coming out of it. I know Marriott is doing quite a bit to get their, their uh, especially the business meetings back uh, to their, their properties. And they're doing it through creating these amazing experiences. This is Amazing Business Radio. We are talking with Julius Robinson, the Chief Sales and Marketing Officer at Marriott. Don't go away. We will be right back. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert. And I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll Be Back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. Julius Robinson in the trenches, doing it day in and day out at an iconic brand, Marriott. Uh, we were talking about uh, empowering our, our people to be able to take care of the customer. I would love to talk to you a little bit about how Marriott, uh, they actually call it customer obsessed. Tell us what that means to a brand like yours. Sure. And I think it means meeting the customer at their needs. Mm. Um, the, the beauty of our business, like I said earlier, you know, with 30 brands across luxury, mid-tier, uh, upper upscale, it gives us an opportunity to have a customer. And it could be the same customer, Shep, 
who, uh, you know, when they're out with their spouse or significant other, they're enjoying our luxury properties. At the same time, when they're traveling on vacation or looking for uh, just a, a roadside place to spend the night on the way down I-95, as an example, they look for something else. And so I think as we can create those special moments in each of those opportunities, then we build a customer for life wrap it all together in our Marriott Bonvoy loyalty program. And that's how we think we can continue to grow our customer base and our business. Yeah. I, I love the Bonvoy. I think currently I still have 2 million points left. I know I should probably use them. I do. You should. <laughs> I do use them. <laughs> We're actually, uh, I'm taking my wife to France and uh, we've got a couple of hotels booked uh, through vacation uh, through the, the program. Yes. Well, let's talk about what's happened the last couple of years, because, oh, my gosh, um, yes. what has happened? And I can tell you as a traveler, I, I travel almost weekly and then I stop traveling. But coming back, I've seen hotels that are making it work and some that are really struggling. And uh, I remember getting to a hotel, paying a premium price only to find out that their restaurant was, and basically the kitchen was completely shut down. I go, you might've told me this before I booked the reservation. I, I really right. felt like, and it wasn't, I, I, it's, it's a poor reflection on the entire brand, not just that particular property, because now what's my trust level, right? That's right. That's right. And you know, our reputation uh, is all that we have at the end of the day. And it's built largely on trust years and years of consistent customer service. So, you know, I, I think as I think about the last couple of years, I mean, imagine a, a, an industry, not just our business, but imagine an industry that lost 90% of its revenues in about three weeks. And that's our industry. I know. And so as we, yeah, as, so as we think about that, you know, today, thank goodness, travel has rebounded, but it's, it was very important for us to make sure that the first thing we did was instill confidence in customers that they could come back and come back safely. So as an example, we developed something called Connect with Confidence. We actually reached out to meeting planners and we had them come into their local hotel in small groups. And we showed them all the things we're doing around safety, all the things we're doing around cleanliness and sanitation, just to make sure they understood. We also showed them how we're prepping food differently from before. You know, some of the buffets, as an example, are not quite done the way they used to be. And so we really tried to look at all these different things and then give them some ideas on like how their room could be set up in a safe way to manage uh, social distancing at the time. And so that confidence piece was really, really important. And now it's just about staffing. We got to continue to get people back to work, get them back in the hotels, to take care of the customers so that you don't have that experience that you just mentioned. Yeah. And you know what? We shouldn't, it, it should be seamless, but I love what you're doing. <clears throat> it, you know, safety first, that was really of prime importance. I remember uh, I'm, I'm involved with a group and every year we have two meetings. I'm in charge of booking the hotels for those meetings. They're very, basically I'm a customer service expert and I'm a professional speaker. My colleagues, there's 20 of us total, 19 of them expect to stay in hotels that are really nice because all we do is travel around the world, eating chicken dinners at banquets and then doing <laughs> speeches. And we needed to make right. a better experience than that. And I realized sure. Ritz Carlton is an iconic brand. It's underneath the Marriott umbrella. And That's I'm right. just going to give kudos to the several hotels we've had over the past year, especially, especially the one in Cleveland, the Ritz Carlton, what they Wonderful. did. First of all, we had to cancel because of COVID. No problem. Right. Really? It's that easy? Sure. Do you want to book next year? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I rebooked no loss of revenue. They told me what right. they're going to do. They couldn't promise us we'd have that 
fancy concierge level. But what they said was, they're going to create the same experience for us. It just may look different. And I'll be yeah. darned. They did. I think it was, I want to go back and get the same experience. I don't care about the concierge uh, lounge anymore, that, that you know premium executive lounge. No, what they did for us was amazing. And I just applaud the staff for how they stayed in touch, created the safe environment, telling us what they were going to do to keep the rooms clean and make us feel safe. Because we were coming back when there was still question as to whether or not we should take this trip or not. Right. Anyway, sure. I'm going on and on. You're the expert on this, but I've seen it happen. How are you dealing? You mentioned, you know, staffing. How are you dealing with staffing and, and the potential labor issues that you could be having? I don't know if you're experiencing the great resignation like other companies are. Well, there, there were a significant amount of folks who left uh, Marriott and the hospitality industry during the pandemic because they they just had to. And so yeah, they didn't the have a job. Was, yeah. That's right. right. And so the good news is uh, while we've lost some that I don't think will ever come back, we certainly have been able to retain others who, you know, hospitality, we like to say is a calling and people get into that business. I, I can tell you, Shep, my own experience. I had no idea I was going to stay in the hospitality business. And I had a boss who said to me, if you don't leave this business in three years, you're never going to leave it. And he was so right because it's just it's just what we do. And so I'm happy to say today that, you know, we're we're not quite back to pre-pandemic levels. But as we talk to hotels, they are able now to manage the open positions that they have better than before. So 75, 80 percent staffed is a good number for us right now. And we anticipate those numbers to grow. That's great. Uh, and I think part of the issue is with the type of business you're in, it's a 24-7 business. Yes. And a lot of people, for whatever reason, during the last two years, when they were you know, out of work, sometimes they were forced to be out of work, found the experience of being at home and sleeping in their own bed at night. And not, I mean, that was appealing to them. So you've got a tough road to hoe, so to speak, and that you've got to uh, attract. And I, I just, I admire when we get good people at these hotels, it's like, wow, how can I bottle this up and take it to my company? That's right. <laughs> That's great. You know, what? one of the things, too, that I think is happening in the environment right now is uh, as many people that have already traveled since the pandemic is over or, or, or said to be over from a pandemic perspective, there's so many other people, Shep, who are still customers are still telling me that they're taking their first trip right now, especially those with small children because of some of the vaccination challenges. Mm -hmm. And so we, we got to protect that. And, and there's also this blending of people who are traveling for business. And they're saying, you know what, I think I'm going to stay two or three more nights. I think I'm going to ask my family or my significant other to come join me. And we're going to go do something we haven't done in a couple of years. And so our hotel's ability to kind of move between that business space and taking care of customers has been pretty neat. And some of the innovations that they've come up with over the past, uh, past six or nine months has been great as well. Things like you know, having a concert out by the pool and then letting all the customers stand out on their balconies and enjoy it. You know, that's the kind of innovation that customers love. And that's the kind of stuff we got to continue to think about. Yeah, I walked into the, uh, uh, I believe it's called, the, is it the Lexington Hotel in New York? Um, yes. Right there in Lex in about 48. I stayed that's there right. about, oh, maybe a month or so ago. And that's a Marriott brand. It's one of your autograph collection brands. And the Correct. first thing I walked in and they were playing jazz in the, uh, the lobby. I went, wow, what's that? And then I started to recognize this is a theme of this particular hotel. 
I also right. found out that Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio lived there, which was really cool. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I love the thing. But something that I know that you're doing is you're trying to do more than just book a room and, and make a, a reservation for dinner. You're actually encouraging your customers to ask for uh, uh, things that are happening outside. Can you get me tickets to the Chicago Cubs game? And maybe uh, is there a way I can get a, I don't know, a, a special VIP experience somewhere? Your people are now starting to do that for not just uh, the companies that pay a lot of money to come to your hotel, but for the typical guests like myself. Is that right? Is that, did I read that correctly? That's, that's absolutely the case. And we want that Marriott Bonvoy app to sort of be your central hub for how you engage that way. Yep. So as you think about moments or experiences, we call them through the app. We want you to be able to book that special excursion uh, and maybe even use your Bonvoy points. I think you've got two million, you said. Yeah. Go use them for that. You know, give so me a good concert. I can't wait. That's right. <laughs> so how do we how do we help you exceed your expectations across your entire trip stay? And using those points as currency to do other things is a great way that I think the company has embraced that. All right. Well, I'll take you up on that. Uh, we are just about out of time. My final question is always the one last nugget of information you want to share with us. Any last ideas? the big one, what would it be? What's that one thing you want us to remember? Oh man, just that um, travel has become a rite of passage for Americans especially uh, and Canadians. And I think that the opportunity to get out, see the world and travel, use us if you can across all of our locations and all of our different brands to help engage that experience is the way to go. And so I just thank you for the time and I look forward to traveling again. And I know that you do as well. All right. Well, I'll second that motion uh, to try the brand. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about it. We, the Marriott brand is well known. It's been around for 95 years. You can go from Uber luxury all the way down to basic you know, economy, if you will. There's lots of options and lots of opportunity to experience a great brand. Thank you so much, Julius, for being on the show. You got it, Shep. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We'll be back next week with another interview. Until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.